This is all theater. This is all just political theater. Political theater. Political theater. Pure political theater. Theater. Political theater. The nefarious, significant, and protracted political, political, political theater for political theater's sake. I yield back. From Washington, this is Political Theater. Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Day. We are embarking on a 1,200-mile journey from El Paso to the Gulf of Mexico to try and understand where exactly a wall would go and what effects it would have. Filmmaker Ben Masters' new documentary, The River and the Wall, arrives at a fairly timely time. Uh, it is about the border. Uh, ben and some of his colleagues and friends uh, traversed the 1,200 miles along the Rio Grande that makes up the border between Texas and Mexico a couple years back. And uh, they talked to some, you know, obscure people like Beto O'Rourke, who's been a little bit in the news, and Will Hurd, uh, and also just happened upon a, an issue that is defining American politics right now. Ben's film was the uh, opening night feature at the Environmental Film Festival in Washington, D.C., at National Geographic, and he's here in studio on Political Theater to talk about his movie. Ben, welcome. Thanks for having me. So let's talk a little bit about just your, you know, your, your journey there before we get into the journey itself, the, uh, you know, along, you know, this, this sort of, you know, the, the documentary, you know, we'll, we'll get into the twists and turns of it. Uh, but let's just, just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your, your background as a, as a filmmaker, photographer, and, and how you got interested in this project. Sure. Um, I'm a Texan, um, West Texan. Amarillo, I believe you said. Uh, Amarillo is where I grew up and then uh, went to high school in San Angelo. Mm -hmm. But during my childhood, I worked on some ranches near Brackettville, which is right on the U.S.-Mexico border. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I've been fortunate to have had a lot of jobs on, on different parts of the border. I guided hunts out in West Texas for odd at sheep and then uh, after I studied wildlife biology at Texas A&M University, I went into wildlife cinematography, and that's mm-hmm. what I do now. Is I'm I'm a wildlife filmmaker, and I've had the privilege of spending years of my life um, filming wildlife and being around wildlife and being around different people and different stretches of the Texas-Mexico border. And this film, I mean, what, what you do is, I mean, you, you have a, a, a group that you're filming, uh, and that includes yourself, uh, a, a, a friend, Jay, who's a, a conservation uh, guy, uh, a, a woman who is a, 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 an ornithologist, and she's doing a survey of birds. There's a river guide, uh, and then there's a fellow uh, wildlife uh, photographer and, and cinematographer. And uh, the, I mean, you... You, I mean, you start in El Paso on bicycle, uh, you, and then you, you kind of you make your way all the way to the Gulf of Mexico where you, uh, you know, sort of shoot out uh, in, in canoe. And, I mean, this, is a, this was quite an undertaking. I mean, when you see the movie, you see just the, you know, the vastness of what you're talking about. Did you, I mean, even having been there, I mean, I'm, I'm a Westerner myself. I grew up in Arizona. I grew up on a cattle ranch. Uh, and, you know, sometimes even what seems like familiar can be unfamiliar. Were you daunted a little bit? when you started the uh, started this trip uh, it was like five o'clock in the morning in El Paso on bicycle um you know the Rio Grande kind of flows through a lot of landscapes that are very near and dear to me mm-hmm. and a lot of little segments of my life that were very impactful so the selfish part of me in creating this film was just my my personal desire to go and to see those landscapes, to see the river that's meant so much to me in my life uh, before it's changed. 
and we did. We we traveled the the entirety, all twelve hundred miles of the river of the border, and I was surprised by the diversity of the different landscapes that it goes through, by all the wildlife that we saw, the different types of people that we met, and uh, different backgrounds and languages. Uh, it's it's a very dynamic place. I love the border. And I, I did notice that one of the things, I mean, you know, you started making this film after, you know, the, the 2016 election, the the wall, building the wall, you know, was the campaign mantra of, of, of <clears throat> president newly elected. And, and it's almost the, there's a wistfulness there with, with the five of you. I mean, that you, you talk about it uh, in almost like um, wistful terms that it, 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 it would be a shame, you know, if this happens like it, it's almost happened. I mean, it, the fight's really not over. And I, it occurred to me as I was watching the movie that, um, granted, it's probably a friendly audience for an environmental, <laughs> environmentally minded uh, people and, and, you know, people who are interested in wildlife at National Geographic and at the Environmental Film Festival. But it seems like the topic is not going away. There are lawsuits. I mean, Congress just voted overwhelmingly uh, in the past couple of weeks to uh, to to terminate this emergency declaration resolution that, that Trump wants to use to reprogram money. I mean, the fight's not really over. And it occurred to me that this movie of yours could actually have an impact on that, um, that, that it, it could, by seeing some of these landscapes, by, by talking to some of these ranchers, I mean, some of you know, whom are you know, more likely than not to be a Trump supporter in, in sort of the, the way that you, you, know, you might think about it, people who are concerned about losing their farmland that's been in their family for generations. Uh, that this isn't really over. Did that, did that occur to you too? Or were you just, uh, you know, when, when in the middle of filming it, were you just like, we've got to document this before it's gone? I'll be honest that whenever we started this project two years ago, I did not realize that the border wall would become this huge issue mm-hmm. that everybody talks about. And I think people want to know what's there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy to me how how big it's it's blown up mm-hmm. and it's kind of intimidating to be honest to release a film about such a controversial topic but i i just hope the people i hope they watch it and they can go and they can see the landscape that it would go through and meet the people that live there because the rio grande is so much more than a black line on a map mm-hmm. and I just, it excites me yeah. to invite people to come down and, and see the border that, that I know. And two of the people that you talk to, you know, are um, are sort of familiar to a lot of roll call readers and listeners of this podcast, Beto O'Rourke. The answer is not going to be walls. It is ensuring that our immigration laws match our reality. And way more unites us than divides us. Uh, as we mentioned before, I mean, he's was the congressman for El, for El Paso. He's announced to run for the presidency. He's become a celebrity in himself, you know, like from, from his run against Ted Cruz last year. But also Will Hurd, who's in the, the neighboring district, they, they make up for the most part you know, they're, they're the, the border, they were at the time the border congressman, and they actually had not dissimilar views, even though Will Hurd's a Republican, Beto is a Democrat, about, you know, you need, you, you can't just plunk down, you know, a concrete barrier or a fence through this. I mean, on, on a, just on a logistical level, you're not going to put it through the middle of the river, or, or you know, there, there are challenges there. But they both had, I mean, the, it occurred to me that the people who know it the best know that this issue is way more complex than just a, a campaign slogan. Yeah, I mean, we, I was really fortunate to have both Beto and Will 
any conversation on immigration or has to begin with operational control of our border. Who went Dude. on part of the journey with you, right? Yeah. I mean, Will Hurd got on a bicycle with you guys, right? <laughs> yeah, Will Hurd rode with us for a full day out near El Paso, and uh, it was kind of unfortunate. We had a slight logistical problem, and we had to walk bicycles through a swamp <laughs> ford through a swamp which you catch on on on, uh, on film which is great you know, <laughs> it's a great i'll moment. never forget that moment where i looked at a congressman and was like all right so just lift the bicycle over your head and then walk through the swamp <laughs> but he was he was great sport about it yeah but that was something that was really important to me in the film was to to have a democrat voice to have a republican voice to give them equal time mm-hmm. and to have uh both of their views represented mm-hmm. also i mean there's this i mean it doesn't stop there also with just democrats and republicans i mean you have like kind of a you have a rancher on one side of the border you've got some folks on on boquilla you know the on, on the mexican side of the border where you guys take a, a sort of a pit stop and the it gets gradually even more complex there because some of the stories of just your even your colleagues start come out start to come out along the line uh uh, uh Talk about those two colleagues, Austin and and Philippe, because they they bring they brought a perspective to the film that was pretty that enriched it, I thought, and and again makes it even more complex. Sure, two of the five members of the teams have immigrant backstories. Mm-hmm. Philippe Dandrade, who went with us, uh, he was from Brazil and he lived undocumented for fourteen years mm-hmm. and became a wildlife filmmaker for National Geographic. And it's been a good friend of mine for a few years. And through the film, we kind of go into uh, his immigrant backstory. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of opens up a lot of the questions of, you know, where are these unauthorized immigrants coming from? A lot of them are flying in and overstaying visas, like what he did. And it mm-hmm. kind of allows the viewer to, to see more of the global perspective of the immigration issue. And then Austin Alvarado's family. Uh, his mother, and he's like the river guy. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't, I didn't really know his story that well. Whenever the trip started, but whenever I was out filming wildlife in the Big Bend, I, I met him, like most good friends. I had beer and he didn't, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's mutual. And we just hit it off, and I asked him to be a part of this because he's such a phenomenal river guide. Mm-hmm. And through the through the journey and through the process, he told us about his family story of coming from Guatemala and his, his mom got locked up in Mexico and his family you know, were victims of the genocide that was going on during the Guatemalan Civil War and that's kind of the impetus of why they left. So it, I think it personalized a lot of these topics that mm-hmm. you hear about in the news about amnesty, but if you don't, if you don't know somebody who's gone through that, it's really difficult to understand where where they come from or put your feet in their boots mm-hmm. so i i think that having both philippe's and austin's story in the film it it makes it personal yeah yeah and uh, there was also a very emotional moment where you know when you're when you're in El, outside of el paso and particularly when you're going through big bend you're seeing a lot of sheep you know and a, not a lot of people 
And as you're approaching the more of the lower Rio Grande, you see more populated areas, and you actually get warned by some of the folks that you're hanging out with in on the Mexican side. Like once you get to Guerrero and in these areas, you really gotta be careful of the uh, you know nar- narcotraficantes and you know the the, the smugglers. And um, I think there was at one point you said um, you know against all advice, we're we're making part of this trip at night, and you get separated from the group and and. And then Philippe and and Austin, you know, they you know the, the the other group like runs into some people who are who are crossing, and they have backpacks, and you don't know what's going on. You don't know if they're people who are just you know kind of making this journey, or whether they're drug smugglers or whatever. And it's dark and it's scary, and you're kind of freaked out, and 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 they're they're concerned, but they're also you know what's going through their minds is like these could have been my parents, particularly Austin. You know, I mean, he, and, and it is this it is this moment that like you talk about, I mean, their stories personalize it, but that moment really crystallized it. And it was because it showed you guys vulnerable. And, and you think like, oh, this is <laughs> part of the crux because you're feeling the vulnerability, but you're also feeling the fears that a lot of people articulate that that Trump sort of plugs into in order to, to make his arguments. Yeah, it's scary to be on the Rio Grande in the middle of the night, run into a bunch of people that are you know, crossing illegally because they're heightened sense of awareness their stakes are a lot higher than ours Mm -hmm. and you know they would assume that we're border patrol because what else are a bunch of (laughs) people doing out floating on the river in the middle of the night with flashlights (laughs) and and cell phones or (laughs) gps uh you know thing no and and i i just I, i feel like this you know the the you know, documentaries, they have a, a sort of a strange audience right now, I think, that and because they're growing into more of a part of what people do, particularly in news organizations. Uh, but, but they're gaining in popularity. And one thing that I would just note, too, that, that like the, the, the amount of – this is not just a wildlife documentary, and it's certainly not a political thing, but there's also these moments of humor, too. I mean, like this is a road trip movie with five friends. And and like you know some of the humor that's going on here is just like I mean it's very it's very genuine, as as is some of the fear. I mean, is that did that just kind of happen naturally? Did you discover that in the editing room, or or did you know like oh this is going to be one of those moments where we like you know this is this is like cinematic gold. Well, I mean, documentaries are movies, and people like to watch movies that are entertaining. Yeah, and. I don't know that many people who want to sit down and watch a 90-minute film that just dives into border politics right. and immigration policy. Not too many. <laughs> so, you know, for me, I wanted to show a lot of issues, mm-hmm. and I, I, I thought the best way to do that was through an adventure mm-hmm. where you literally take three months, you go see it for yourself, uh, you have a great time doing it, and you just meet in person, you know, we met Border Patrol agents, uh, people on the Mexican side, fishermen, wildlife biologists, landowners, and it was really great for myself to just learn how exactly a wall would work mm-hmm. and where it would go and what the impacts would be, and then to try to take everything that we learned and then put it into the film. Yeah. But definitely, you've you've got to have humor, and I I think our movie 
provides plenty of comedic relief because it's such a serious topic. Right, right. And it can't all yeah. be just stats hitting you over the head and and so on. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and I think I would I would note too that I mean we we've talked about the bikes and and the canoe, but like you actually used your own horses, the Mustangs that you um you know adopted from the Bureau of Land Management through their sales, who, and you've domesticated uh to to ride through Big Bend in in these areas, and that that's that's fun. You know, it's kind of a cowboy part of the movie, but it also it, it provides some of the humor because especially because Philippe does not know how to ride a horse to save his life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really love horses. And it was kind of a running joke throughout uh-huh. of how I think that horseback is like the best method of transportation, period, mm-hmm. in the world. And then some of our team members liked the bikes better. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that's just a ridiculous thought. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I've got five horses and love them dearly. But there was definitely a painful learning curve. Right. Well, uh, one thing that's not painful is is your movie, and uh, I, I wish you all the best. I know you're heading back to Texas uh, soon. To uh, it, It's still playing at South by Southwest, and it's a May 3rd national opening. Uh, is, is that right? Correct, yep. May 3rd will be in theaters nationwide, and uh, we'll be releasing on a variety of platforms, so everybody I, can iTunes watch it. iTunes and Google, uh, Google Play and, I believe, Amazon Prime and so forth. So mm-hmm. if people want to see this movie, they will be able to get it in the, in the middle of just a small debate about border security. Yep, it'll, it'll get out there. Well, Ben, I really appreciate you uh, stopping by and spending part of your morning with us at Political Theater, and I wish you the best. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, NPR One, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, you can visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter at RollCall. And thank you for listening. 